the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Joe Sutton, and uh, I'm here in the studio with uh, two uh, two friends of mine, uh, two, two cohorts. I have Grace Broussard and and uh, Joe Heiser, you know, they've all been on the show before. And uh, today we're going to talk about the subject of Passover. You know, a lot of times uh, when people come to fellowship with us, they they wonder why we don't do an Easter celebration. And uh, we tend to, we do a Passover celebration. As I said uh, last week, you know, we would do our, our Seder meal uh, Monday evening. And, uh, and, you know, you're more than welcome to, to uh, give us a call or send us, shoot us an email if you'd like to participate in that. As always, you know, my email is uh, Sutton, S-U-T-T-O-N, S-M-P-L at AOL.com, or you can go to our website, SOTL.org, and then you can link in and I get the email there. Or you can send us there if you're interested in uh, participating in a Seder meal and understanding how the Passover goes. Uh, th- these two guys, they're members of my church, but they're also members of other churches <laughs> and uh messianic churches and uh and so i'll let them share a little bit about their background and and uh and a little bit about their their messianic experience i'll start with grace well good morning mm-hmm. well, i think it was still morning yeah right about now Afternoon. Anyhow, uh, as far as my experience with the messianic fellowship it started in israel and i've been as i said before in in times past, I've been in uh, Israel since 1986. That's kind of dating me a little bit, but uh, that's okay. But in uh, that's when I had a chance really to find out about the the Passover and what it means to us who are non-Jews. And actually, it's a, it means a, a whole lot to us because we are the engrafted. The church is the engrafted part of of the Passover. And uh, we can participate in it because through Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah, guess what? He brought us in. He connected us. And what he has done is he's connected us with the Father. And we are able to participate in everything because being connected means that we've been adopted. He's given us the spirit of adoption where we can say Abba, Father, and meaning that uh, as an adopted uh, part of the branch and everything of that nature, it uh, what it allows us to do as adopted, it lets us become heirs and heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ, and participate in every aspect. Well, when we participate, participating, we follow the pattern that God the Father set when He set the 
their feast because the feasts are the feasts of the Lord, not of the Jews, not of the Gentiles, not of anybody else. They're the feast of the Lord. So therefore, we can participate in all of the feasts. And the Passover is one that is the chief feast because it's the first one. I, I like to say it's the, because that's the one that showed what uh, Jesus was to fulfill. And what he did is he fulfilled the sacrifices. He was the sacrifice. He fulfilled the priesthood. He was the high priest. And he fulfilled the, the salvation because his name, Yeshua, means salvation. So what happens is that he fulfilled all of these so that we wouldn't have to go through those things. And I'm going to turn it over to Joe see what <laughs> he has to say about it because I can keep on talking, you know. <laughs> He's smiling and nodding his head. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should just let her keep going. Let her keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, getting back to but I like the idea that uh, when we're able to fulfill everything to be part in it, because when Jesus shed his blood, he said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever so should believe on him, would have eternal life, you know. They would not perish. Well, the part is that he said he so loved the world, but he gave the Jews as a light. And then when Jesus came along and he 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 gave us, he made us the light of the world. So Jew and Gentile are the light of the world in Messiah, in Jesus Messiah. So uh, Passover has four, I call them four cups, four cups that cover the the whole range of what we do when we are when we are sanctified when we are rescued when we are redeemed and when we're made people of God that's what the four cups are in the Passover so my sharing of the Passover was about the 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 cups and how not only did the Father God separate sanctify the Jewish people not only did he rescue them from the diseases and everything. Not only did he redeem them, but he also made them people of his people. He said, I will make you my people. Okay, well, that was a big whole lot. But when he separated us, when he sanctified us, when he saved us, when he saved the Jewish people, and Jesus fulfilled that part also, that cup, well, what happens is that um, uh, he sanctified us. That means that he sanctified us, he dedicated, consecrated us to himself so that we could do the same thing that Jesus did in the process of time. Again, the second cup, he he rescued us. In other words, he was able to uh, save us from all the plagues <laughs> that took place when uh, during the time of Exodus, uh, there were ten plagues, and and Father God delivered us from all of them. But those plagues, plagues which are diseases and boils and all those kinds of things, actually those things are the, the workings of the enemy to get us to come out of the relationship with God. And so what happened is that uh, he was able to rescue us by putting judgment on those plagues. So you had the boils, you had the blood, you had the boils, you had the the, uh, the frogs and all those. And those were the things that the Egyptians made as gods. So God put judgment 
and all those. And he rescued us out of all of those things. And that was the second part. He sanctified us to himself, and then he rescued us. And then, of course, the third cup is he redeemed us. That means that he brought about how all we, how we, in the process of time, I like to say this in the process of time, where we were redeemed through the blood of Yeshua, not only the Gentiles, but the Jew as well. So we became one new man through the redemption. And that cup is very important. That's the cup that we have decided, I say decided, where we make it as communion. And we have communion. He said, as often as you do this, but the communion is a meal. And we sit down. And we say, as often as you do this, remember me. It's wonderful to remember what he did. He saved us. He sanctified us. He saved us. He redeemed us. And finally, he made us his people. That's about all I can say right about that. Joe, your background, the journey. Yeah. um, It it started um, at Minneapolis Believers in Christ, actually, um, at church, your church where um, we celebrate the biblical holidays. You know, um, not that Christmas and Easter are bad, but they're not biblical holidays. And that challenged me to dig deeper and to kind of search more. And so I did. And when you read, you can't help but read about the festivals and the Sabbath and how these are supposed to be perpetual these are supposed to be um, never-ending, you know, forever, eternal uh, things that you're to celebrate. Um, <laughs> that challenged me to dig deeper and deeper. Mm-hmm. And just through that process, you know, I, I don't think, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, gold, I mean, it's refined by fire. That's a process, you know. So it was a process. And mm-hmm. so this started me on my journey. And then, obviously, uh, my neighbor is messianic and we would go on bike rides and have big you know talks and we had bible studies together and um that that really you know enlightened me a lot as well so that's kind of where i am today that's why i celebrate you know the festivals and the sabbath and um it's just been a it's been a testimony it's just been Mm. shalom it's been freedom that i can't even begin to explain yeah I know for me personally, it was it, it really got to me when I started working as a chaplain in uh, in the boys' home, and you know the, the 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 excitement that came around the holidays. And so as chaplain, I had to deliver messages, right? Yeah. And so here I am trying to get these young men who are who are locked up for being deviants, <laughs> and I'm trying to reach them to get them to not only change their mind about their occupation, but also to change their mind about their dependence on God. And as I search, the, trying to search the scriptures to prepare messages in, in Sunday school classes, I couldn't back up. I couldn't back up from the Bible. Right. What I had celebrated my whole life. You know, and uh, coming from a Catholic background, there's only two days that really mean anything is Christmas and Easter anyway. And Easter, right, yeah. <laughs> they call the CEOs Christmas and Easter only. It's the only times we come to church. And uh, and um, and so and so in searching in that and then just finding out, you know, uh, I had just read that book 
by Sheldon, What Would Jesus Do? And uh, and so I read this book about what would Jesus do, and I'm sitting up here trying to figure out, you know, how would what would Jesus do? You know, what what would he what would he what would he what would he exactly. celebrate? Where would yeah. he go? And uh and and so then I I just started asking people, just started asking around, and I asked my mentor, and and uh and he started you know just taking me on a on a journey, and uh and so and and so as I went on that journey, you know, I realized that you know. In, in my life, I just some things had to change. Yeah, you know what I mean, they, yeah. they just had change. I was I'm not negative. You know, I never preach no, against to, yeah. right. 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 Certain days we celebrate anything like that because, I mean, that's uh, people's prerogative. I just tell people that that uh, as 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 uh, the shepherd or whatever, I I can't go against the master shepherd. You know, I, I have to go with the master shepherd. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and to so if pattern. I get in trouble for going with the master shepherd as opposed to going along with you, then I can take that trouble. You know what I mean? I, I, I can take the trouble. And so that's what started me on that journey and, and, and a lot of people don't understand. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I do, when you do grow up in something and you do feel the, the festivities of it, but you realize that most of the festivities just don't really have a, a, a biblical basis. You know right. what I mean? And even in Passover, you know, I've met people uh, you know, Jewish people who don't even don't even celebrate no. Passover. They, you know, I know I was sitting there at a track meet one day, and uh, a coach came up to me and said, "You know, uh, you know, how was Passover?" And I said, "Oh man, it was wonderful." And uh, you know, this young lady turned around and said, "You celebrate Passover?" Because she looked at me like, "You black?" You know, what I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell what she's thinking. Like, you celebrate Passover? I said, "Yes, I do." And she said, "I'm Jewish, but you know, it was my mother's birthday, so we had a birthday party." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, they, you know, the birthday party overruled, you know, over Passover. And said, sometimes we do it, sometimes we don't, and and we had a nice conversation, you know, at the track meet, you know, about about you know where where it was and the importance of it in her life and things like that. And she wanted to know why I felt it was important, and I said, you know, it's, it, it takes me down a road of of, of remembrance, remembering that what God has done for me, even though I'm remembering what God has done on this original time, mm-hmm. that same formula, the same, that same four cup experience that, that, that you described, you know, minister grace is the same experience I had in my own personal life and what, right. and what Yeshua had did for me. So, so even when I'm, even when I'm going through the ceremony, you know, when I'm taking the bitter with the yeah. sweet and I'm, yeah. I'm going through all these things and I, I'm just, I'm just going down a, that a personal road. journey yeah. of, of redemption things there. Joe? Yeah. You know, I want to piggyback on something that you brought up. You you asked a fundamental question that I think everybody has to deal with every day. What would Jesus do? I love those WWJD bracelets, right? <laughs> and, you know, I think I think a lot of Christian the Christianity or the church today believes that because Jesus came that a lot of that's been done away with. But if you just read simply the book of Acts, yeah. you know what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Um, you know what his disciples did. What did his brother James do? Okay, what did Paul do? What what did all the apostles do? You know what they did? They yeah. went to they went to Shabbat. They went to Sabbath every Saturday <laughs> to the synagogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did Paul say? He said, "We got to hurry back from our trip yeah. so we can make it for the festival." Festivals. Okay, that's what they did. They did that for forty years after. Jesus died until the temple was destroyed. Yeah. There was no Sunday worship. You know, and you know, but having said that, do we celebrate of course the resurrection? Absolutely. What's that celebration? 
the feast of first fruits. He is the first, first fruits. Fruit. Yeah. And that's celebrated on the the Sunday, the day after the Sabbath of Passover. Yeah. Okay. Every that that's where they brought the barley harvest, the first fruit of the barley harvest, and they offered it. He is the first who rose. You know, so we, we offer that again. Yeah. And and these things just aren't a remembrance, but they're a rehearsal. Um, which I guess we'll talk about after the yeah, break because I'd love break. to talk about that. It's not just something from the past. It's what's coming again. It's All a right. rehearsal. So stay tuned. You're listening to Isaiah 61. And we'll be back after the break. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. Let's face it, life can get busy. Between work, getting the kids to practice, volunteering at church, with everything going on, convenience usually comes at a premium. But AM980, the mission, is here to make things a bit easier. With the iHeartRadio app, you can hear your favorite Bible teachers anytime, anywhere, and it's free. Download iHeartRadio from the App Store or head online to iHeartRadio.com and stay connected to the Twin Cities Christian Voice wherever you go. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. You listen to Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church. And uh, we're here today discussing uh, the festival of the Passover. And I have here with me uh, Minister Grace Broussard and uh, Joe Heiser. And, and just before the break, Joe Heiser was about to give us a preview of the preview <laughs> of, our, <laughs> of our, our, our practice run at Glory. Uh, Joe, you want to pick up where you left off at and t- as you were talking about the festivals? Sure. Um, the spring festivals being um, Passover as well as um, Pentecost or Shavuot, they have already been fulfilled. Um, you know, yeah. Jesus was our Passover lamb, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Um, he is the first fruit who rose from the dead. Um, and then, of course, uh, Pentecost is the giving of the Holy Spirit. You know, if you remember, the they're in the room together and the, the um, room shook and the flames of fire tongues of fire were over the heads right. of the, yeah. the the believers there and it was the giving of the Holy Spirit that was celeb- they were there in that room to celebrate Pentecost because it's been celebrated for the for the 1500 years before that as well to commemorate when uh, the giving of the of the Torah on Mount Sinai remember they went up on the mountain the mountain shook uh, the word of God <laughs> went out the Holy Spirit went out yeah. in flames upon the people and they said we can't take it Moses you you go up and get it from him we're he'll destroy us you know and so it wasn't just given to one man Moses it was given it was heard by the whole nation of Israel and so those are have been fulfilled um the fall festivals of course being Rosh Hashanah uh being um uh, Sukkot Yom Kippur those are yet to be fulfilled and when he comes again then that'll be the fulfillment. And, of course, um, it's believed that he'll come, you know, on Rosh Hashanah because that's the Feast of Trumpets, right? A trumpet (laughs) will sound. You see that in Revelation. You see that all throughout Scripture. Yeah. 
and that that that's used to commemorate uh, when someone became a king, the inauguration. It's going to inaugurate Messiah Yeshua as king, and so they, the 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 Passover as well is um, we celebrate it because it is the word Moed in Hebrew is used to describe the festivals. That's what the festival is. Mm-hmm. It means appointed time. Yeah. It's an appointed time. And so it's on God's planner that this celebration be given. And so the other words that are used to describe it means a rehearsal, right? Yeah. A practice, yeah. a rehearsal. A rehearsal for what? Right? It, you rehearse or you practice for a game. Right, and this rehearsal is for a future event coming. Yeah. Right, and yeah. when he comes again, we do it because you you'll be ready, you'll be prepared. Yeah, and when I when you know the thing I love about celebration of the festivals is three I really tend to put an emphasis on, and that's Sukkot, Pentecost, and 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 then Passover. And I know when uh, Rabbi Revis was alive, and and I and he he was just as we would get together and fellowship and talking yeah and and go through different things it just understanding and celebrating those things just opened my eyes to really what god wanted in my life yeah. i understood the scriptures so much better because i'm trying to understand the scriptures from a, a greco-roman viewpoint you know what i mean and looking at them and when really they were written to a hebraic people and and so sometimes I miss some things. I miss the emphasis of things. I miss the importance of something. I don't see the journey, how it goes all the way back to the beginning. You know yeah. what I mean? It doesn't change. Uh, I remember uh, telling somebody one time and they was, you know, because we're real big on, you know, we're big on the law. Right. And and that's the law. And, and we're not under the law and everything like that. But but what makes law? You know what I mean? Because, right. you know, as I was telling one guy somewhere else, we were talking about, say, like the dietary, you know, teachings. And I said, you know, he said, well, you know, clean and unclean, that's the law. I said, well, no, I said, you go back to Noah's time. And God told Noah that of the clean animals, put so many pairs on the boat. Of the unclean animals, yeah. put so many pairs on the boat. So even in the time of Noah, Way right. back in early Good Genesis, yeah. there was clean and unclean. And unclean. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, so it wasn't a matter of law like what Moses got from the mountain. It was a matter of a lifestyle that God had commanded and taught would be an effective lifestyle for which you live by. And they lived by that lifestyle even before the so-called law oh. was written and mm-hmm. created. Mm-hmm. And and so sometimes we, but we miss that a lot of times because in in in, in the teachings that we grew up with. And we're exposed to a lot of times you have different culture and traditions that have seeped into the teaching. So it's not really biblical or scriptural, but it's more cultural, Cultural, you know, that that, that goes in there. And and so if you start studying and searching the scriptures, then you start seeing that that, you know, you, you, you can't help but get directed back into you know, understand it from a Hebraic tradition. I mean, just the fact of eating a meal with someone, you didn't eat with anyone you didn't like. And if oh, I sat true. down with that's you true. and I ate a meal with you, that means that... We were friends. That means we were yeah. friends. You yeah. know what I mean? You know, we we were friends. You know, Good and, point. And the, the power of the meal 
you know, in, in, as far as covenant goes and the power of the meal of us as Christians sharing a meal together. You know, we kind of forget that and we just want to go and we want to be like that group of Christians in Corinthians that that Paul had to chew out for <laughs> hiding food and eating too much and yeah. drinking too much and yeah. everything yeah. like that at, as they celebrated the Lord's Supper. And then but when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, it's, it should be a unifying event. And exactly. we shouldn't celebrate the Lord's Supper with somebody we don't like. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? But but yet we do. You know, even though the minister may say, examine your heart before you take of communion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then, then you know, we examine our heart personally, but we're not examining our heart corporately. Yeah. And, and, and we'll, quote unquote, participate in this sacrament together when really all is not clear. Exactly. You know, and, and all is not clear because, you know, in our own minds, we're such a selfish group. It's all about us mm-hmm. and not about uh, a holdover. You know, we're coming to the end of the first show. And uh, next week, I want to cover the just the topic of not only going back to the importance of, of Passover in, in our life, but the importance of really having a biblical worldview about what we do and where it goes and allowing, mm-hmm. you know, allowing the word to speak and guide us mm-hmm. in what we do. Uh, as always, thanks for listening to Isaiah 61. Uh, go to our website, SOTL.org. Uh, services at 1030 on Sunday morning. God bless you and see you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.